0: Welcome to this edition of Buy Hold Sell brought to you by Livewire Markets, Australia's number one website for expert investment analysis. Buy Hold Sell is a weekly show where two fund managers share their views on a selection of listed companies in their area of expertise. Buyers and sellers are what make the market and you'll find that our guests don't always agree on the stocks being covered. Hit the subscribe button on your podcast player to be the first to receive new episodes each week. If there are stocks you'd like our guests to discuss, let us know by leaving a comment in the review segment. Remember, the views expressed in this show are not recommendations to invest. You should seek appropriate investment advice before making any investment decisions. And of course, please read the disclaimer in the show's notes. Let's get into the show.
1: Hey, how you doing and welcome to LiveWise Buy Hold Sell. I'm Ali Selby and today we're gonna take a look at large caps to see if they can keep your portfolio afloat over the next financial year. Plus, we're also asking our guests to name one stock on its way up into the ASX 20 and one on its way out. To do that, we're joined by Hugh Dive from Atlas Funds Management and Hugh Giddy from IML. It's obviously been a really volatile time for investors. A lot of stocks have been heavily sold off Hugh, I might start with you. Yeah. How are you feeling about markets right now? Are you holding onto your cash? Or are you, you know, buying?
2: Well, I mean, asking an equity fund manager is now the time to invest. It's similar, like asking a barber, do you need a haircut? Okay. <laughs> they're always going to say yes. But from being in sort of a range of difficult markets, I think you don't want to in- indiscriminately invest in everything, You're indiscriminately invest in a unit trust or, because there's a range of companies that are going to struggle. We look at the concept stocks, the buy now, pay later, and also perhaps some of the resource companies, tech stocks with no earnings, they're going to struggle companies with solid earnings and that are growing their profits, they're going to do well over the next two, next year, but not everything.
1: Okay, so you're being selective right yes. now. Okay, over to you, Hugh. Are you holding on to your cash or are you diving on in?
3: Uh, thanks, Ali. I, I agree with Hugh. I mean, it's, it's definitely a time to be selective. Uh, we always are. I think you've got to invest in quality. to invest in companies that have reliable earnings and so forth because it is going to be a tougher time uh in australia and globally as interest rates go up should you dive headlong into the equity market um, you know to be honest a lot of people have quite big stock holdings already uh, compared to history so you know should they put the rest into the stock market i don't know that's a personal decision
1: okay there's actually not been that much change in the asx20 over the past few decades is this, investing in this kind of benchmark, the top 20 stocks, the biggest stocks on the market, is that a safer option in this environment?
3: Well, look, if you, if you buy a big stock, of course it's safer in, in, in terms of they're probably not going to go bust. But is it safe just buying a big stock? Is it better than buying a mid or small stock? Safety really comes from the franchise of the business, the balance sheet and so on. And you, know, you look back to one of the recent departures from the ASX 20, um, and that departed with a takeover, which is after pay. Mm. Uh, but you know, that, that stock, I think now, if you look at Zip and Sezzle and so forth, it would be no longer anywhere near the top 20 because the franchise is not that strong. It's a competitive market. They didn't have the best balance sheet. They certainly didn't have much in the way of
2: earnings. So top 20 doesn't mean safe.
1: Okay, over to you, Hugh. Is bigger better?
2: Totally, totally agree with Hugh. If you look at the top 20 from 20 years ago, uh, most of them underperformed. a and is down 90%, uh, NAB's off 10 to 10, 15%, uh, Lend Lease off similar. Only I think three or four companies in that top 20 from 20 years ago have actually outperformed the ASX. A lot of these companies are still around, but there are shadows of their former selves. So simply buying an ASX top 20, that doesn't agree for it, it was on safety. However, following Hugh's thing, that larger companies during times of of market dislocations that dislocations, always seeing like right now, tend to f- tend to work a bit better in that they have uh, sympathetic bankers and equity holders. They can raise monies. Smaller companies, like Hugh mentioned, uh, say Zip Money, are fighting for their corporate lives at the moment.
1: Okay, we know that buy now, pay later is not doing well. We also know inflation and interest rates are on the yeah. rise. Are there any large caps that you think can really benefit in this environment?
2: Well, it's, like, rising interest rates don't impact all companies. So, for example, we talked a lot about the banks will benefit from a rising interest rate. Looking at the moment, all the banks are raising their rates and I think we, the bad debt cycle will be below what people expect, given there's a uh, predominantly gearing towards low mortgages, which have low bad debts. I think the insurance companies will do well, uh, particularly, say, for example, QBE. It's got a $29 billion US float, which has earned close to zero for the last 10 years. It's earned about 1%. In a market of hardening rates and um, rising rates, that's good news because they can start to earn some money out of that. Thirdly, I'm probably pinching one from here because I'm sure that's one of your stocks. Um, Transurban, with the utilities, you wouldn't think that they would normally do quite well in a rising rate environment. and their biggest cost is, is interest. But given that int- the debt is termed out, I think on average about eight years, um, it's not really moving every year. As inflation, they clicky click the uh, the tolls go up. Uh, Transurban have talked about for the next four years, every one percent increase in inflation equals another fifty million dollars in profit. So there are companies that, are, that do quite do quite well in the in the upcoming environment.
1: Okay, Hugh's given us three. Can you name the types of companies, or actually name some companies that you think can do well in this rising rate, rising inflation environment? Sure,
3: it's, uh, I think it's about um, your franchise, your ability to raise price. Um,
1: pricing power. That's
3: really, it comes down to pricing power. What, and also, what are your input costs are like? So if you have a very um, high margin business, for example, like CSL, where you know, a lot of their, their, their cost is in the R&D that's already been done, it's been expensed and so forth. Then they've got the plasma donation cost, but that actually could come down because uh, we we're heading into harder times, people need to supplement their incomes. So here we are, two value sort of style managers, and I'm talking about CSL, but you know, they actually also have a very strong position in the market in terms of their products and so on, so that they might do really well. But I'd generally be uh, worried about companies where they rely on a price uh, that isn't you know, that they have no control over. So that tends to speak to most commodity resource exposures. And also companies that are very small players in their market because they don't really have pricing power, you know, it's set by other people.
1: On a stick with that commodities kind of comment there. There's a lot of old world energy companies in the ASX 20. Obviously, everyone's talking about ESG and decarbonisation mm. now. Do you feel like we could see a real shake up in the top stocks in the ASX over the coming few years?
3: Uh, not specifically because of decarbonisation and climate change, personally, because you're seeing, uh, yeah, the war in Ukraine has really brought into focus how uh, sort of idealistic uh, the idealistic response to climate change has has been. In all honesty, a disaster for some countries. You've got Germany, uh, you know, desperately trying to source coal for their coal-fired power stations, and now. It's not an emissions thing, but they re- want to reopen their nuclear power stations. Um, and, and, and you're seeing that the world is realising that, although lots of young people want, you know, saying, oh, climate's going to ruin my future and so on, so the Greta Thunbergs or the world, the fact is, most of our power still comes from fossil fuels. Not just, like, a little bit more than half, most of our power comes from fossil fuels. So we can't migrate away from those. And even if people don't like the bad ESG of those old world energy companies, they, 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 they'll still make lots of money while you know, those fossil fuels are in demand, although it does depend on the price. Now, I, don't, I certainly have no forecast in particular about the oil price, but I, I personally don't think it's going to stay over 100.
1: I hope not. It's costing a lot of money to fill up the car at the moment. Over to you, Hugh. We've talked a little bit about decarbonisation. Maybe let's touch on like after pay block, it's fallen out of the ASX 20. Are there any other examples, or do you think there will be companies in the next decade or so that will drop out in a similar fashion? Almost
2: certainly. Um, if you look at every, every point in history going about 10 years, there's a couple that have fallen out and gone into insignificance. Looking through that, I'd probably look at Fortescue Metals, that are probably the one that's going to fall out. In 10 years time, a situation where commodity prices falling down, they have a lower quality of iron ore, it will fall down. And also um, sort of uh, structurally, as economies mature, they start to produce their own scrap steel, which goes into electric arc furnaces. In the US, it's about 70% of their steel is made through electric arc furnaces. I think China is about 10 or 15%. Ultimately, the Chinese want to do that. So it's tough to believe that the current level of steel demand for direct shipping hematite or magnetite ore is going to be the same in 10 years' time. And We took a view that Fortescue is going to be the one that will fall out.
1: OK, over to you, Hugh. Is there a stock that you think could fall out of the ASX-20 over the next decade?
3: Look, I, it, it's, it's unfortunate, but um, I would have to agree with Hugh. You. Uh, you know, I, not unfortunate to agree, but I, I, I can't come up with something else as my top pick. Um, uh, I, but my reasoning is not just the scrap, I think that when you look at where the majority of our ore demand comes from, it's China. And uh, China's property market is, is an absolute house of cards, uh, they've overbuilt property, they always stimulate their economy by trying to stimulate property development, and you look at the share prices of all the property developers in China, look at their bonds, uh, it's a very weak sector.
1: Mm. Okay, let's end on a positive note. Is there a stock that you think can climb its way up into the ASX 20 over the next year? Well, I,
3: I'd pick brambles. I'm, I'm impressed with brambles. I think uh, you know, the, the management is, 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 is focused on generating good cash flow. On They've been able to raise prices to their customers uh, to, to, to cover the costs, the very high costs of, of lumber, you know, going to building pallets, the high f- transport costs. They have a very, very strong uh, position versus their competitors. They're usually number one in the countries in which they operate and there is a natural advantage of being the number one. Um, it's sort of on the cusp of the top 20 and it could rise into the top 20.
1: Okay, over to you Hugh. Is there a company that you think can climb its way up into the ASX 20 over the next 12 months? Yeah,
2: using the same mathematics as Hugh, I look at the ones in the, sort of the, in the, in the early 20s. and I think um, it'll be Sonic Healthcare. So we'll see Ramsey probably be taken out. Some of the miners will come down. Rams Sonics had a great beneficiary of COVID, but it'll benefit in the long term through an older, sicker population, increases in medical technology allow more tests, and doctors wanting to, have, um, to prescribe more tests to avoid malpractice. It's a well run company, number one in pathology in Australia, number one in Germany, number one in Switzerland, number two in the UK, number three in the US. A great uh, beneficiary in the future.
1: Okay, well, that's all we have time for today. We hope you enjoyed that episode of Buy, Hold, Sell. If you did, why not give it a like? Remember to subscribe to our YouTube channel. We're adding so much great content every week.
0: Thanks for listening to Buy, Hold, Sell, brought to you by Livewire Markets, Australia's number one source of expert investment analysis. Register for free at livewiremarkets.com to discover more exclusive investing articles, videos and podcasts.